Welcome to the REI Mastermind Network, where host Jack Haas gathers amazing stories from leaders in real estate investing. In each episode, our guests will tell you what they're doing that works, what they've tried that failed, and best of all, you'll learn actionable steps to take your real estate investing to the next level. Now, here's Jack with another value-packed episode. We have Ben Reinberg here with me today. Ben, it, I'm going to direct everybody to your website because there's a lot of information there. So head over to benreinberg.com. And I'll make sure to have that as a clickable link in the show notes. But really appreciate your time, Ben, as we talk and dive deep into commercial real estate investing. So thanks for your time. Thanks, Jack. I appreciate you having me. I'm really excited to be on your show and add a lot of value to your audience. So thanks again for having me. I didn't tell you about this, but at the end of the show, I have some rapid fire questions that we're going to probably hit. But one of them is going back in time and giving your younger self a piece of advice. But you started real estate invest at 24. I don't yeah. know. There's not a lot of people who started that early in their career. How did you find your way so early to commercial real estate? I'm a CPA by trade. I was working for an accounting firm and I was an entrepreneur and, and I knew I was an entrepreneur. I was an entrepreneur when I was eight years old. They sell cigarettes at a bar. That's how I got started. And I wanted to figure out how to own a business, but also produce wealth. And naturally real estate was that for me. Commercial real estate has bigger numbers and a little bit more sophisticated, which was more attractive to me with my background, Jack. So. At the end of the day, I decided to take a leap and get involved and do my first deal. I was never a broker. I've always been a principal. I've always been an owner and a, a landlord, so to speak. And that's been the story of my career. 28 years later, I'm 52 years old and I'm still running. I'm in the prime of my career. Really proud of my company. The name of my company is Alliance Consolidated Group of Companies. It's AllianceEC.com if anyone wants to look us up what we do and just really proud. I have a leadership team with 200 plus years of experience and we own and manage assets, properties all over the United States. And we are leaders in what we do. I'm really proud of the people that work for me. So one thing I would like to spend just a minute on is that starting at such a young age and jumping right into commercial real estate, I would think that you didn't have a ton of resources other than your time and energy at that age. What were some of the tactics or strategies you found most useful to get into the game? I just, I pulled the trigger and I took action. That was why I started. And what I would do, Jack, is when I was younger and I was 23, 24 years old, I did something called shoe leather. I used to wear leather shoes and a suit every day. And I would go out and I would canvas. I would look for properties by. And I'm from Chicago. I currently live in Southern California and Laguna. And my office is in Newport Beach now, my West Coast office, that's where I sit. But I was born and raised in Chicago and Chicago is a big office and industrial market. And so I got involved in industrial when I was younger and I found a deal. And at the end of the day, I decided that I'm gonna ask. So I asked someone at the accounting firm, a client to help me, he did. He was from the West Coast. He was very generous with his time. He didn't charge me because I didn't have any money. He just wanted to see me successful. He really liked me, gravitated to me. And so I did my first industrial deal. 
and I tied it up and I went and raised a few million bucks in a few weeks, all by shoe leather, hustling, didn't ask family, didn't ask friends, just went out and just started hustling, meeting people and, and introducing myself. I was successful to get the debt. I got the debt from a local bank near my hometown. And long story short, I bought the deal and sold it for a really nice multiple. If you're in multifamily, they go by multiples. For me, I go by IRRs and total returns. But if you look at it, it was probably a 3X multiple, my first deal, and that launched me. And it gave me the confidence. And then I kept rolling in 10 million square feet of buildings that we built and hundreds of assets that we've acquired and funds that we've raised. Uh, it's just an, been amazing story so far. No one taught me the business. I had to be self-taught. And now I'm doing a lot, like you said previously, personal development, because I wanted to work on myself and improve so I could be a better employee and businessman and family man and want to be the best version of Ben Reinberg that I could be. And I didn't learn that when I was younger. For me, it was all straight hustle and common sense and networking and developing resources. And now I've realized there's another component to success as well, and that's fulfillment. And that's what I'm looking for is to find that fulfillment in my life. And it's interesting how life involves. When you were that young starting off and you did, you said you, you spent a lot of time hustling and meeting everybody you could. Did you find that at that young age, you found it hard for people to take you serious? I was pretty well polished when I was younger. I was a CPA. I read a lot and I studied and I think, yeah, I was younger. Now, if you look at my hair, I'm fully gray and I got the great, gray little beard going on now. Yes, I'm very blessed with some hair, <laughs> but at the end of the day, yeah, I did. I still have a baby face and I look young. I'm 52 people don't think I'm 52 and that's God bless me with a young face. And obviously in Chicago, I didn't see the sun as much. So maybe I stayed young and like you are in North Dakota, I'm sure you don't see the sun like we did in Chicago. And so at the end of the day, I, I just basically used the facts. I was paying a good preferred return. It was a great asset to syndicate, to be my first syndication and long story short, it just I had, it's just, it was a numbers game for me and I was persistent and I was not going to, I was not going to go home and sleep every night unless I knew I was creating success. I was so hungry. I still am. Don't get me wrong. I was so hungry and determined when I was young and all I had was energy. There's a saying like piss and vinegar. And that's what I had. I had a lot of that. I had that aggression and that drive saying, I'm not leaving without raising money. I'm not going home at night without having commitments of money. And that's what I told my mind. It was a lot of my mindset. I didn't understand that while I was younger, this whole mindset game. But I realized that was my mindset. My mindset was, you're going to have to bury me before I stop raising equity. That was my mind. I'm going to get this done. I'm going to get this deal done. And I'm going to grow and keep going because this is what I was destined to do. This is who I am. This is what I want out of life. And I'm doing what I'm going to do, whatever it takes to get it. And that's why I would tell your audience is, especially if you're younger and you have that energy, I don't have the same energy I did when I was 23, 24. When you get in your fifties, you kind of, you lose that. However, I have a lot, I'm a lot smarter than I was 30 years ago, so to speak. 
So at that day, my recommendation to anyone there is just go out and do it and be hungry and be determined and know that you can do it. And don't let anyone tell you the word can't or wouldn't or shouldn't because you can do it. And it's just a matter of drive. It wasn't, I didn't have any experience, Jack. I just had to go out and do it. And no one gave me the playbook and said, here it is, Ben. Here's how it works. This is how life is going to work. This is how business is going to work. This is how you address challenges. This is how you get financing, how you raise money. This is how you find deals. There was no playbook for me. And what's interesting is in these times with the internet and social media and all the information out there, you can get up on the learning curve a lot easier than I did when I was younger. There was no internet to play with. It was all stamps and envelopes and hard checks and green ledger paper and meeting people in person. That's what I had to do. And, but it taught me a lot about communication and it made me a better businessman in the end. So very grateful for my past. A lot of people have a hard time getting through that analysis paralysis. You kind of just jumped right in full bore off and running. Did you sit down and decide, okay, I'm looking for this outcome. These are the activities I need to achieve. How did you find the motivation to just plow ahead like this? I felt that if I found the right asset to buy, the money would come. I would figure it out. That was my mindset. And I found the right asset. I paid a great preferred return to investors. But when you're younger, you got to give away the store. I think I gave 80% of the deal away at that time. I, obviously, I don't do that anymore. It's a little bit different. We call it the privilege now. But at the time, I gave away the store. It's so attractive for investors. It was hard to say no, okay? So the hard part was getting a loan. So I had to go to my godfather who sat on the board of a local bank and his name was Bruno. And I said, oh, I go, Bruno, I need some help. And he said, well, why don't you come in and see me and have a cup of coffee? So that's how it was. You would go see people. It was really cool if you think about it. So I went to go see him and with my hat in hand and I was a poor schlepper at the time. I had no money, no credit, nothing. And I said, I need help. I said, I need a loan. He got me a great loan and it got approved. And I went ahead and closed and he was a big part of my career. God rest his soul. He's no longer with us anymore, but he was someone that was a good influence for me. He was, he was there for me when I needed, and he gave me a lot of guidance. He gave me a lot of thoughts and he said, look, I believe in you. We're going to give you this loan. I know you're going to do well with it. So the first week, Jack, I bought it. I lost 45% of the income. Okay. If you want to talk about a scary situation, how do you battle yourself? So I raise all the money. I get the loan. I have a challenge. I solved it. I made it a 210 industrial property into three. And I sold it for a three esque multiple. And what that taught me, Jack, was persistence and drive and showing up to work every day and working hard and having a good work ethic and giving and networking. And doing all the little things were going to create success. And I learned that at a young age. This deal that I'm talking about taught me a lot about life. It taught me a lot about the business, which really catapulted me because commercial real estate is a very sophisticated game. It's a lot different than residential and buying houses and rehabbing or even some of the multifamily type product. And so you have to really step it up. You got to really teach yourself. You got to learn. You got to develop resources and become resource rich. And those were all the things I learned. And that one deal taught me and established the foundation of how do I carry forward 
to create a career out of this business. That's how I got started. Is this how you typically tackle all of your business endeavors then? Just tackle head first? I can't imagine a better learning scenario than figuring it out as you go. Yeah, I'm a little bit more strategic now and I got a lot more money in the bank, which helps so I could deal with risk a lot different than I used to. However, yeah, I'm very proactive. A guy who takes action, okay? When my employees need something and I know it's for the benefit of the company, we pull the trigger and we go get it, that done. Someone needs software to grow or we're scaling the company or like right now we're raising a $50 million equity fund. And there's certain things, Jack, that have to be done. I take action. I've always been that way my whole career. And I think that's part of the success, the secret. People are like, what's the secret sauce, Ben? The secret sauce to me is really just showing up, being open-minded, listening, working on your communication skills, working on myself, and working, looking at a lot of deals, looking at a lot of deals, analyzing them. Well, now I don't do that. I have a whole acquisition staff. But when I was younger, yeah, I looked at every deal. I still go out and look at every property that we own and manage. It's important to me. I love kicking the bricks and mortar. I love going back to when I get start when I got started, Jack, because there's one thing I learned in life, and my mom taught me this. Never forget where you come from. And that's a big message that resonates with me. I never want to forget the day I got started. I never want to forget the challenge I had to go raise equity. I never wanted to forget the conversation I had with Bruno when he got me that loan. And if you don't forget that stuff, you become real grateful for every moment in your career. Every deal we do, every employee I have, every moment, all our resources, I've learned that being grateful and appreciating all the things that we've developed in business and in life, how important that is. And when you reflect on that, it carries through with your energy and your conversations and your relationships you have, especially in this business. That's how I approach it. I approach it of taking this thought process and saying, I'm not going to forget and I'm going to appreciate all the things that helped me get to this point and create this experience and the wealth I've been able to build. Just a reminder, everybody, head over to BenReinberg.com for some more information about what he, Ben and his team are up to. But first of all, Ben, I have to say, it is cool to have an uncle named Bruno in Chicago. That's just classic. When you were going through the syndication process that first time, did you find that a bit daunting? Or is that just something that you were able to tackle and had an idea of? before you got into it? It was daunting. When you have to go raise equity and you're in your early 20s and you have to sit in front of, say, a six-year-old gentleman that's wildly successful that is from Chicago with you and it has other opportunities, other choices, invest with other people, it's extremely daunting. It's very challenging. It's how do you battle your fears every meeting? Because remember, it was all face-to-face meetings. So I would dress to the nines. I'd walk in someone's conference room. I would give them the pitch. And there was a lot of failure. I had to walk out of conference rooms, scratching my head saying, okay, Ben, what'd you do wrong? What could have gone better? Maybe you're not good enough. Maybe you shouldn't be doing this for a career. And I had to battle a lot of those demons, Jack, when I was younger. Now I don't battle those demons as much because I work on myself. But when I was younger, yeah, I mean, it was me against the world. It was bitterness. It was 
not understanding situations. It was immaturity. It was everything. And to be real clear, yeah, it was a challenge. And it is a challenge when you're younger because you're trying to figure yourself out and figure out what your career is. And at that point, that's what I always was trying to do is trying to figure out, okay, who am I and am I worthy enough to be doing this? And once I was able to close and then exit that specific asset, it, it showed me I am good enough and I'm talented enough and I'm going to be great at this business. And naturally that's what's developed. And now I'm one of the leaders in the business. So, but it had to start somewhere and start with my mind. I had to really clarify to myself that I can do this and I'm good enough to do it. And it's very challenging when you're younger, because if you don't succeed right out of the box or you fail, people get down and they say, well, maybe it's not for me. Instead of pushing the envelope and saying, you know what, Jack, I'm going to keep pushing forward. I believe in myself. I'm going to make it happen. You might fail three times in a row and you still got to push forward. And it's really challenging for people. And I understand that because I go through it and I went through it is how do you overcome those mountains? How do you overcome those obstacles, those fears, those things that, that inner voice that's constantly talking to you that maybe you feel like, Hey, how do I do this? How do I get involved? And it leads me to where we're going. One of the things that my goal is, is to give back. I felt Jack, when I was younger in this business, the baby boomers never helped me. They didn't, that wasn't the cloth they were cut from is to serve and help the younger people in our business back in the early nineties when I got started. And I realized that when I got to a certain point in my career, I'm going to give back. And so I'm in the process of developing commercial real estate education and eventually university, because I want to teach people how to acquire, own, and run a piece of commercial real estate. And I'm talking about every sector of commercial real estate. And that includes medical office. What I do, it includes office space. It includes retail, industrial, hotels, self-storage, everything. Because what's important to me is there's some person out there that comes from an environment that feels like they don't have a chance in life. And I want to change that. I want to be able to give back and teach that person from A to Z that they can create their own wealth. They can create a legacy for their family. Being from Chicago, I use this example. I said, what if like a young man or woman from the South side of Chicago comes from a real rough neighborhood and they can't see the, they can't see the trees in the forest because it's just the environment they're in and there's no way out. What if I could give them a way out? What if they could buy their first deal? And it catapults them. And then what if they educate their kids and send them to college? And what if their kids do the same? What kind of legacy and what kind of impact would that have on people? If someone gives them a chance, someone gives them the opportunity that no one did, that they can be part of a wealth building business and they're going to hustle and be persistent and they're eager to learn. And there's people out there that want that. It's just no one's giving them a shot. No one's giving that mentorship or someone holding their hand and saying, you know what, you got this, we can do this, and I believe in you. And it's those words that are so important is I believe in you. Because how many people say that to you when you're an entrepreneur? I remember my mother said that to me. 
And it had a real impact on me. She was very impactful on me because she said, no matter what, I believe in you. Go out there and do it. And sometimes you need someone in your ear to block that inner voice, to tell you how important you are in life and that we're on this earth well serve a purpose. And I think that's really important for your audience to know that I believe in you and that Jack believes in you and that we're, there's people out there that can help you so you can get over all your fears and that inner voice that's telling you maybe you're not good enough because you are good. That's really striking the way you just said that, because I don't know about most people, but I think as entrepreneurs and getting into real estate investing, we usually from our friends and family hear the opposite. They focus on how risky it is, or they almost try to talk you out of it versus finding the support you found in your mother. You're absolutely right. It seems they always say like, you're a product of who you surround yourself. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. One of my mentors always said that. And I agree with him. It's so true. You start poisoning your mind with people that are going to support you or going to tell you. You know, it's interesting you say that because back in the day when we were young kids, Jack, it was like, okay, if you failed that, people would say, you know what, maybe that wasn't for you, Jack. Maybe you should go do something else, right? It wasn't like, hey, you're going to fail. Get up off your feet and keep going. Don't cry about it. Don't complain. Get up and move forward. What if someone said that to you instead of saying, you know what, this is maybe not for you, that you should be doing something else, a different career. That's the difference. That's the support you need. And if you hang around with people that don't support you or don't help your vision, you're only hurting yourself. And I've done that. At a young age, I was bitter. You know, when people didn't believe me, whatever, I would just shut them off. And I still do that a little bit, but not as much. But because to me, it was like, wait a minute, someone doesn't believe in me. Why am I going to listen to them? I'm going to put up the iron curtain and say, uh-uh, you're not in my circle. I'm not listening to you. I'm not dealing with you. It's too challenging. And that's what I advise people is really focus on the people you hang out with, who supports you. You know, what's great about going to like masterminds and networking events and different conferences is that if you go to a conference and there's a bunch of entrepreneurs, forget about commercial real estate. You're all going through similar challenges. You all can relate to each other. It's a beautiful thing when you can meet other people going through the same experiences. That's who you hang out with. And then you also hang out with people that, excuse me, have, have been there and done that. And so that's what I always look to do is who can I hang out with that can elevate me to even great, even more greatness than I have. And so that would be my advice is just be very conscientious of who you hang out with because it will play games with you. If you have a bunch of friends or family or your parents or brothers or sisters, and they're telling you that you're foolish. You know why they tell you that is because they don't have the guts. They don't have the cojones to do them, to do it themselves. They're not brave enough like you. If you're listening out there, you should be proud of yourself if that's the road you're going. And you should be honored for taking that risk. And when someone says it's too risky, what they're telling you is it's too risky for not for you. They can't tolerate, but you can. So again, it goes back to really be careful who you hang out with. So earlier you were talking about the baby boomers not providing you some of that, maybe providing us that type of support. It, there's that level of that scarcity mindset. And I'm guessing now that you 
have a ton of experience with some of your students and those people that you met. Talk a little bit about once you broke through that concept of that scarcity mindset and they and now they're helping each other and helping their community, how their business actually grows because of it. It grows tremendously when you can open up your mind and say, hey, I'm going to make an offer on this property instead of being fearful because maybe you're fearful you can't put together the capital stack, which is the equity. Maybe you're fearful you can't raise money or get a loan or you have the ability to find resources to help you manage it if you don't have an, your own in-house management company like we do at Alliance. So I think when folks that are younger than me that I teach get involved and they learn the business and they do their first deal, they end up with all the confidence in the world that they need to move forward. Doing your first deal is like the, it's like the dam starts breaking a little bit. Start getting some water through the wall, then you do another deal. And then all of a sudden, like the dam breaks and you're like, I got a career. I could really do this. I'm making money. I could pay my bills. And it's a progression. I always tell people it's a marathon business. I am very direct with people. When people ask me for advice or they want mentorship or whatever, it is a marathon business. And you have to treat it that way. You got to show up. You got to work hard. You don't get rich overnight. Can't build wealth overnight. It's a progression. It's a process. And that's really important for people to know. But at the end of the day, once you do your first deal, that's when you realize, hey, I see how this works. I've learned some lessons along the way. This is something that I could do to make a career out of this. It's amazing how that works, isn't it? That first deal, I keep, I've told people time and time again, that first deal is always the hardest. Once that is done and under your belt, it's amazing how things just snowball from there. And you know why it's the hardest? No one really talks about it because of what's going on in your mind. It's what's stopping you or blocking you from that belief of, hey, I can do this. That's your biggest challenge is you when you do your first deal. And it's like that anywhere, but that's what you're battling. You're, it's really you against yourself because if you can control your mind, you can control anything. Where you get screwed up in life is where you can't control your mind. And that's that when you're doing your first deal, that's your biggest challenge. You yeah. mentioned earlier, and I'm going to probably read between the lines, you talked about essentially imposter syndrome and negative self-talk. Do you have any strategies or techniques to help people with that and get through that? What I started doing is I started meditating. I started working on my to become a better version of myself. I woke up one day and I said, I really need to know who the real Ben Reinberg is because I don't even know who he is. And I had to go on a journey of personal development to really figure out who I am and how to become the best version of myself. And I did that because I felt that my relationships would be better. I think my negotiations are better. My employees are happier with how I deal with them. My family is better. My kids, I communicate better with them. So yeah, I think the best way to deal with imposter syndrome or to find about yourself is to work on yourself and be authentic and honest. When I'm talking, people know where I'm from. People know what I like. People know that I love candy. I share things with them because I don't want to hide who I am. It, we're all, everyone was born, everyone's different. Everyone has different DNA, okay? And we're all special. God put us on this earth. We're all different people. And if you really understand that every single person's different, we're made up different, we think different. And if you respect that and you honor, okay, it's real easy 
to communicate and deal with people and be authentic. Because you know what? For all you people out there, you're authentic. You're different. We're all different. And if you understand that and you can be authentic, you'll get over your imposter syndrome. You know, what happens is there's a saying, fake it till you make it when you're younger, especially in our business. It's mm-hmm. like a house of cards. You got to play. You understand things and you can get a loan and you can raise money and you, you got to play that part. But really, you shouldn't have to play a part. Just be authentic. Just be who you are. You're in a business. If you're in commercial real estate, for example, it's a complicated business. And I always said to my employees for decades, if you have a challenge, put it on the conference table. Someone will pick it up and help you. And a lot of people don't want to be vulnerable. So if you want to get over imposter syndrome, you want to be successful, be vulnerable, be authentic. Just be who you are. And you don't have to prove to anyone. And if you could be your authentic self, oh man, what a difference your life's going to be. What a difference business and relationships are going to look like. And it's easier said than done. I know people are saying, Ben, it's easy for you to say you're wildly successful. You've been doing this a long time. No, I would have said that to myself if I were in my 20s or 30s. I would for sure. I'm like no one. I'm not different than anyone else. I have, I always, I had trouble for a long time trying to figure out who I was and figure out what I want to do. Is this the right business for me? And even though I was successful, I still questioned myself at times. So that's what I started doing. I started working on myself, Jack, and that's made a huge difference in my career. It's made a difference with all my relationships. And, and that's what I would suggest is really figure out how you can work on yourself to become the best version of yourself. One of the things that struck me, actually, I put it on Twitter this morning that for some reason, it just seems like this is good timing that we go through stages when it comes to real estate investing and entrepreneurs. And in that, in this aspect, it's, you might start into real estate investing and it's more of a hobby. And then you take it, maybe you take it more seriously or some people will from the beginning and they'll write a business plan. They'll establish some goals. They know what their targets are. They treat it like a business and that's rare. But what's even more rare is doing that for yourself and building yourself like you're talking about and actually defining what you want to become as a person. Yeah, it's a must when I look at it. And if I would have known what I know today, oh man, I think my career would even skyrocketed more. And that's the best advice I can give people is just be the best version of yourself. Learn about yourself. Be honest with yourself. Keep your word. Be true to your values. Don't forget where you came from. Don't forget those Bruno type moments you have in your career. That's what authenticity is, to be able to share who you really are. And it's tough because people are afraid about being judged. And if you can work on yourself, you won't worry about people judging you. So when you walk in a room, you can be head high and be confident. It's hard for people to do that. And I understand that. I really do. I feel for people because I've been through it. And I've had to work on it. I'm a, I'm an introvert. Most people don't know that. I'm an introvert in an extrovert position. I have a podcast that's doing wild, that's wildly successful now. Started in May. We're building my personal brand, which I wasn't on social media. So I'm out there. So you have this introvert guy who's now out there in the public. 
which I never was. I never learned about you should be doing that. It's different world now. And so just that's the key. It's just really figuring out who you are and being that person. Yeah. It takes a lot of work too, isn't it? Being an introvert, you go to these events. I don't think people realize that I'm very introverted as well. I go to any kind of networking event. When I'm leaving there, I'm not exactly charged at the end. It's, it consumes, there's a lot of energy that's spent to, to get through certain things. Yeah, I'm the same way. Now I'm a little bit different. I'll walk into a room with a lot of confidence and because I've been working on myself. But for years, I hated going to networking events. Okay. If you told me, hey, go to this mastermind and learn, I would have said, you're crazy. I'm not going there. I don't feel comfortable. Or it would be motivated to meet people. And so the fact that I'm able to raise money as an introvert and figure it out is, it's like I wear a mask when I was really shy and I had to mentally convince myself, like, you're not going to put food on the table or eat bad if you don't get out of your own way. And that's how I dealt with it. I said to myself, like, I can't make a living unless I change. And, and it's tough. It's tough when you're an introvert. It's tough when you're shy. It's tough when these are experiences you go through as a kid that happen of why you do things. And it's, it's a battle. It is. Yeah. Yeah. More times than not, it was because out of knowing that I, it had to be done and out of sheer discipline and will to go to some of those things versus anything else. I wanted to spend, we've, I've chewed up more of your time than I had planned here, Ben. So I hope that I'm not stepping on anything, no. but I wanted to spend a little of your time, spend a little time on talking about your current project and what you're focusing on now. You mentioned the medical part of it, but the commercial medical aspect is really interesting. We haven't had anybody come on the show talking about that. How did you find your way to the medical aspect and what type of projects are we talking about here? Years ago. We had a meeting with our investors and we decided, we said, what produces current cash flow that we could provide some upside? And we looked at, we said, well, what about medical properties? At the time we could buy them at great yields. The human body's never going out of style, Jack. So we decided, we said, this is a great niche and we started exploring it. And then we hooked up with some tenants to help us get up to speed in the business and Long story short, here we are 17 years later thriving. We're in the process of raising a, a large fund to acquire medical and veterinarian properties. We got into veterinarian properties about three and a half years ago, and it's been great. It's great asset class. I feel it's the number one asset class in the world because the human body is your foundation for your tenants. And so that's what we're working on. We're looking to acquire more medical properties and use the funds that we're raising in this new fund. And I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited because I love this environment. I love the ability. I think there's going to be some great opportunities forthcoming. What are some of the aspects when, it, when you're looking at these properties that you would be seeking out that a traditional commercial investor would be missing? We look at, we have specific criteria. As long as it meets our criteria, we'll end up acquiring it. We look for certain density in a community. We okay. look in certain regions of the United States to invest in. We're very meticulous. It has to fit our box. It's got to have rank growth. It's got to have significant investment by the tenant. So if something meets our criteria, we'll end up acquiring it. And so we're very specific. It took us about, for medical, it took us 17 years really to develop that great criteria that creates success. It was a learning process. 
Just one last reminder, benreinberg.com. I'll make sure to have that link in the show notes again. But Ben, this was really enlightening. I really enjoyed our time talking about the mindset and a few other things there. I feel like we could have just continued to go down that rabbit hole. But I do have a few rapid fire questions that I'd like to hit you with. And then as we close this one out. So here's your chance to bust a real estate investing myth. What is the one thing that you've seen that's promised time and time again from all of those real estate investing gurus out there that's just not accurate? That cash flows are always ascending when they're not. How real estate works, especially commercial real estate is, if you ever ski in like mogul, like Mm -hmm. hills that go up and down, that's how real estate cash flows go. If you look at a career, you're going to have some where there's minimal cash flow, some there's more. And the other thing is, I'm going to give you a second one. I'll give you a bonus. The other myth is everyone thinks location, location is most important. That's a fallacy. Location is important for real estate fundamentals and competition, exactly. But the key to real estate, especially commercial real estate, is the ability to hold. You have to be able to hold through all different types of cycles, depending on how long you're holding it. You have to be able to hold it if you have vacancy. So ability to hold is the number one thing that you need to understand and really adhere to if you want to have success in this business. Appreciate that. What book would you recommend everybody checking out or what are you reading right now? I am, one of the books I would recommend is if you're raising equity, Oren Claff has a book called Pitch Anyways. And that's a book that I would definitely recommend people read. I read that book frequently because I love some of the messages he has in that. So that's what I would recommend someone would read. And I think it's just a, it's really, it's a really good lesson. And then another, another book that I just started reading is Steve Sims has, has a new book, Go for Stupid, which he's a friend and it's a really cool book, what he talks about. So that's a nice little read. It's easy to, the other thing is, I think another good book that people can read is the four agreements because four, four agreements really teach you about life. And it's a short read too. Yeah. Joe Rogan pushes that book every once in a while. Oh, does he? He's a smart guy. So it doesn't surprise me. What is the biggest business mistake you've made and what did you learn from it? Here's what I learned. If you are going to have a partner, okay, make sure you don't have the same skills. Make sure that you guys are aligned on your goals. Good idea. You could go back in time and give your younger self one piece of advice. What would that be? I think it would touch on what I said. I would work on become the best version of myself. I think it's so crucial. If you could give everybody one single tip and trick or trick in under 60 seconds, what would that be? Work on your communication skills. It's your number one asset that you have. Awesome. That's a good one. Ben, this was awesome. I really appreciate your time. Is there a question or concept you wish we would have covered or touched on here today? No, but I want to let everyone know, if you do want to learn about commercial real estate, go to our company website. It's alliancecg.com, and that's charliegeorgecharlie.com. So alliancecg.com. Also, if you're interested in investing in our fund, feel free to reach out to me, DM me, and then obviously go to benreinberg.com to learn more about my podcast as well as learn more about me as well. I'm on all the different social media platforms. You can look me up and my personal website will link you there as well. So appreciate it, Jack. Yep. And I'll make sure to include all of those as clickable links in the show notes. So again, really appreciate your time, Ben. Hope to talk again very soon. Absolutely. Thanks again. Thanks for having me. 
If you learned at least one actionable step to incorporate into your real estate investing, if so, please consider returning some of that value by leaving a positive review, subscribing to our YouTube channel, or joining our growing network on Facebook and Twitter. You can find links to all of our social media accounts in the show notes. See you next time.